This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. This is important stuff. They've determined Canadians' favorite ice cream flavor. Okay. What's your favorite? Me? I like the Dutch chocolate. I like the straightforward chocolate. Dutch chocolate. I don't know. That's what the... I'm trying to think of Chapman's. That's what Chapman's calls their chocolate. Chapman's ice cream. That's my favorite growing you're, up. You're a Chapman's guy? I was a chat. Yeah, I like the box. You know, I like the box. You're scraping against the bottom of the box and trying to get every last drop out. That's what I would do. The life hack with the box, too. I didn't realize this until uh, I was an adult, but you can open that box and just have a like a rectangle of ice cream. And how does that help? Well, if you want to slice off, <laughs> you can slice the ice cream like a cake instead of scooping it out. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah, but let's be serious. The excuse is, I can't put the ice cream back in the box. I guess I have eat to it eat it all. <laughs> well, you are a typical Canadian, Jim, because apparently chocolate is the favorite flavor. Hmm. Boring, man. <laughs> Well, we used to get the Neapolitan all the time, and what would go first? The chocolate. The chocolate, 100%. yeah. 100%. Vanilla. We had a rule in our house. You had to take some of each. Yeah. Because the strawberry would just be left at the end, <laughs> of right? Course, Always. Of course, yeah. Makes sense. Chocolate, number one. Vanilla, number two. This is my wheelhouse. Number three, mint chocolate. Mint chocolate, huh? It has to be mint chocolate chip, though. I'm not a big fan of the mint with the chocolate swirl. See, I don't like I don't like any ice cream with anything chunky in it. I don't like chewing the ice cream. Maybe it's because I have sensitive teeth or something, but... You're more of a liquor. <laughs> yes. I'll get the swirl. Maple walnut was number four. Butterscotch, number oh, now five. We're dad territory here. <laughs> My mom loves maple walnut. <laughs> the maple, the pear... I don't know what it is. If you're over the age of 50, something switches in your, butt, your taste buds, and then, like, maple and butterscotch become, like, scrumptious. Yeah, it's the Werther's original effect. <laughs> yeah. As you it age. your Werther's age. Butterscotch is, like... Catnip to old people. <laughs> Can't get enough. Cookie dough was next. Cookies and cream. Strawberry moose tracks. Neapolitan. Okay. Moon mist. Moon what, mist. what is moon mist? What? Is that the new Disney show? Moon mist? <laughs> moon mist. Oscar Isaac stars as moon Whoa, mist. What is this new f- flavor? Look at this. Moon mist. Five fabulous flavors have you seen this before no. it looks like almost like a cotton candy it's like the, all the colors of the rainbow moon mist it kind of looks like a, if you go to shaw's ice cream which is on the way to port stanley ontario they got the shaw's factory and you can buy shaw's ice cream in uh, in grocery stores now yeah but they have one called unicorn toots oh the kids must just love that and that's what it looks like it's got like the pink and the blue yeah I don't know if I've ever had it. I think my son has ordered a unicorn toot before. <laughs> Brilliant marketing. Apparently, this is an East Coast thing because it says specifically for Nova Scotians, this is a distinct flavor of ice cream with grape, banana, and bubble gum. Hmm. Moon mist. It's, uh, it's moving on up, I guess. Give it a try. 5% of respondents said they don't eat ice cream. Ever? <laughs> What kind of sad, joyless life is that? Well, let's not discriminate. There are people who ha- get a little gassy when they eat sure. dairy products, the right? Lactose intolerant, but there's an- there's uh, options with no lactose. Yeah, in them. Is it the same thing? You could have I've sherbet. Never had it. 
They could have responded, I, I like Sherbert. <laughs> yeah, where's the love for the Sherbert? This is the Taz and Jim podcast. I just asked Jim if he watched Saturday Night Live on Saturday night. There was a lot of cast members who had their final episode. It was the season finale. A.D. Bryant isn't coming back. Kyle Mooney not coming back. Kate McKinnon is gone. How long was Kate on there for? Oh, man. You know? It seems like forever. Like at least a decade, Kate right? McKinnon. She's been a staple. I kind of forgot she was still on because she's also been relatively successful in movies. I forgot that she was actually still on. Yeah. Most people know her as Kate McKinnon from Ghostbusters. <laughs> The only good Ghostbusters movie. <laughs> <laughs> she put Ghostbusters on the map. Uh, why is it so hard to find that? It's got to be 10 years at least. Here, let's play this. This is Kate saying goodbye. One of the funniest sketches, she she would always have people breaking when she was the lady who was abducted by aliens, mm-hmm. and she'd be getting interviewed <laughs> about her alien experience. Well... She did one more of those skits on the weekend, and she used it as an opportunity to say goodbye to everybody. We've been in contact with the beings. They have offered the U.S. government access to some of their technology if one of you agrees to go with them permanently. Well, I can read the room. It's me, right? (laughs) Sure. Uh, Why not? I always kind of felt like an alien on this planet anyway. It's getting a little choked up there. She joined in uh, April 2012. So, yeah, it's been pretty much 10 years on the dot. That's, uh, that's kind of touching when they, when they get choked up. But it kind of loses something when there's three other people also saying goodbye in the same night. But only one person gets their moment? <laughs> well, yeah, where's Kyle Mooney's abduction story? Kyle Mooney uh, said goodbye. Uh, 80 said goodbye on Weekend Update. So did uh, Pete Davidson. And you've got... You got a real hate on for Pete Davidson. I don't What's have a hate on? on. I don't have a hate on. You I just, said you said he should have left years ago. No, I said I've never heard anybody say, "Did you see that really funny thing Pete Davidson did on SNL?" I get it. He's a celeb. He's a likable guy. You know. He's but now he's more famous for who he's dating than the funny things he's done. I don't think he would have been on SNL for nearly as long if he wasn't uh, a paparazzi oh, star. On. What is he? What has he done that's been really funny? His raps. His music videos on the show are always good. They're not always good. They're passable at best. I think they're pretty good. I like that character he does that's like the dumb teenager who... Like, you mean Pete Davidson? <laughs> the dumb teenager? He's got a lot people, of range, that Davidson. People keep wanting to sleep with? Have <laughs> <laughs> you not seen that guy? He's like, oh, uh, okay. No, uh, that sounds yeah. actually like Pete Davidson. It might be. Yeah, okay. Based on a true story. Here is uh, Pete Davidson saying goodbye during the weekend update segment. So are you officially leaving? Yeah, man. Lauren accidentally gifted me a sock, so I'm free. <laughs> and then I remember when I auditioned for SNL, he looked me right in the eye and said, I don't think you're right for this show. <laughs> so let's screw this up together. <laughs> And that's exactly what we did, and that's why people who don't think I deserve this job shouldn't hate me since we have so much in common. Like, if anything, I should inspire hope, you know, like that literally anyone could be on Saturday Night Live. And I appreciate SNL always having my back and allowing me to work on myself and grow. And, you know, thank you to Lauren for never giving up on me or, you know, judging me, even when, like, everyone else was, and for believing in me and allowing me to have a place that, like, I could call home 
with the memories that'll last uh, a lifetime. So thank you guys. Don't hate on him, Jim. I Why are you putting the word hate in my mouth? I just said I haven't seen him do anything funny on SNL in 10 years. Pete proves you could be next. Fired? Your, your dream is alive. No. You could be Anybody next. Anybody could do it, as long as you're a comedian in New York who women love. Anybody could do this job. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim Podcast. There is a report that monkeypox has been spread thanks to two European sex raves. What? Over the weekend, yeah. Uh, World Health Organization describing the unprecedented outbreak of monkeypox as a random event that appears to be have c- caused by sexual activity at two recent raves in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've never been to a European sex rave, Jim? I don't, I always wanted to, but uh, no, never did it. Isn't that where the Florida Panthers players were after they <laughs> lost game three to the Lightning? Have <laughs> you ever been a European sex rave? Yeah, that'd be a good name for a club. I don't know. I, I if, you, if you got that disease from a European sex rave, would you be happy or sad? Because it goes away after a while. I'd rather get it at a European sex rave than just from some rando at the supermarket. Yeah, or the who, Toronto Zoo. Who coughed on me, yeah. right? <laughs> Definitely. What were you doing? Definitely don't want to go to a sex rave at the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this is a uh, continuing concern. I, I don't think it's cause for panic by any means. The monkeypox seems to be something that you can survive. In most cases, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you've ever had giant lesions or um, blisters on your face before. It doesn't look like from a um, from a social standpoint, it's going to help your your uh, social life. Yeah, tough to explain to the wife about your business trip in uh, Sweden. <laughs> Oh, no, it was, uh, it was pretty boring. What's went, on your face? I went to the Swedish Zoo, I swear, <laughs> honey. I wasn't at a European sex rave. So just be careful. Uh, that's uh, one of the ways this thing spreads is hmm. by swapping bodily fluids. Only America. America. Ohio. Seems to be a lot of fun headlines that come out of Ohio, Jim. We like <laughs> yeah. this one. The Florida of the North, we like to call it. But uh, this this happened uh, about a week ago. There was a Ohio police. They got called because there was a um, an Amish buggy that was driving erratically. So they finally found out where this buggy was, and they got into what was described as a low-speed chase. It was such a low-speed chase, in fact, that the cops were able to get in head of, ahead of the buggy, and then the buggy like turned a corner in front of them, and the cop slapped the side of the buggy and said, Hey! To the driver. And uh, when they saw the driver, they realized he wasn't really driving. His head was down. Uh-oh. And, uh, could be a medical emergency. A this medical isn't emergency. good. But then as he slapped the buggy and yelled, hey, he noticed there was a can of Bud Light next to the driver's lap. This also is 2.43 in the morning. Yes. And but By the way, Amish people drinking Bud Light? Shouldn't they be drinking like one of those moonshine jugs with the three X's on it? That's or a stereotype. Like some strawberry wine? It's not a stereotype. It's their religion. You can just you can just drink Bud Light. Like I thought it had to be old school, not produced with with electricity before you could imbibe. 
I don't know the rules. Apparently, that's not the rules. So anyway, they finally block this buggy off. Two cruisers get ahead of it, block it off. The buggy smashes into the cruisers. Uh, turns out the driver was drunk, and when they woke him up, they said, "You know, <laughs> he, was he was completely unconscious." <laughs> and they said, uh, "Like, hey, do you know you're, you, this is illegal to be drinking and driving?" He's like, "Oh, the horse isn't drunk, and the horse knows how to get home." <laughs> Which they do. You know, they do. They are able to find their way home. Well, we've got a neighborhood cat, Walter, who you'll see him 10 blocks away, and he always gets back to his house afterwards. Sure. The horse knows how to get home. Yeah, and the horse is sober. So what's the issue, officer? He did do a breathalyzer, blew way over, and he is being charged. You can still get a DUI in a horse and buggy. Just, Just let everyone know out there. The Amish. Invented the original self-driving cars, I guess, huh? <laughs> With GPS yeah, built yeah. in. The horse knows how to get home. Only. We got the uh, body cam audio here, Jim. Story you told about an hour ago. Only in Ohio. Mm-hmm. The... Uh, the Amish guy who was so drunk that he passed out in his horse and buggy. Was literally bent over the steering wheel? <laughs> Whatever you see, <laughs> he was bent over that part. And uh, the cops had to actually park two cruisers in front of it until the buggy literally hit the cops, right. stopped. And then the guy was like, well, the horse, the Amish guy was like, the horse knows how to find his way home. It was actually the cop who made that joke. Oh. Yeah, I know, disappointing. But here, this is the... Uh, this is the incident as it played out between the police officer just outside of Cleveland and the Amish driver, Nathan Miller. So he's he's pulling up beside this uh, this horse and buggy, trying to get the guy's attention. So he pulls over. Got a drunk Amish guy passed down the buggy. Whoa! Hey! Hey! Wake up! There's a Bud Light can sitting in there, and he passed clean out. That's what he did to me. He'll go home. The horse knows how to get home. He's passed clean out. He slumped over. I'm going to see if I can get in front of him and slow down. We might have it stopped. Nope. Disregard. He just rammed it into my car. (laughs) We might have him stopped. Nope. Disregard. He just ran off a cliff. (laughs) This was three in the morning. And the guy was passed out. It does make me wonder how many times he successfully got home and nobody called the cops on him. Right. Like, is this just something he does consistently? Because it sounds like it was working. How many times he woke up in in the buggy and said, how did we get here? Oh, thanks, Mr. Ed. (laughs) Good work there, buddy. Have an apple. (laughs) A couple extra carrots for you today. Luckily, nobody Hmm. was injured in that one. And uh, a reminder, because I know there are people who still use that mode of transportation in the Taz and Jim listening area. If you're crushing Bud Lights and you get behind the reins of your uh, buggy, mm-hmm. you can get charged with a DUI. Don't do it. I want to see you peacock, cock, cock, your peacock, cock. Here he your is, peacock, our sports cock, guy, cock, Devin Peacock, joins Taz and Jim. Dev, things getting a, a little personal in the Blues-Colorado Avalanche series over the weekend. 
Yeah, a tremendous amount of uh, respect for Nazem Kadri for uh, dealing with all he has had to deal with over the past couple of days. He uh, sent a message on the ice and off the ice yesterday. He had his first career playoff hat trick as the Colorado Avalanche beat the St. Louis Blues 6-3 to in Game 4. The Colorado Avalanche now have a stranglehold of that series, and Kadri's hat trick was perfectly timed because he has been dealing with some racist messages from a lot of people in St. Louis after he was involved in a play that led to Jordan Bennington uh, being injured. He's not going to be back this series. The police have had to be called in. It's been so serious, these messages that he has received. And so he responded in the best way possible, which is putting that hat trick on the uh, on the docket for Colorado. But it's something he should never have had to deal with in the first place. Who's sending the messages? I'm assuming it's social media. Is it St. Louis Blues fans? It's not players. People on on social media may not just be Blues fans. I mean, these uh, types of incidents tend to attract people from all over the dark corners of the internet. Uh, but what it, it all it all stems from his long history with the St. Louis Blues. Last year, he was involved in a situation with Justin Falk. Justin Falk was injured. He missed the rest of the playoffs for St. Louis. So the Blues and Cadre do not get along already. But this incident involving Biddington wasn't some sort of targeted uh, hit by. Cadre. Audrey, he got involved in a hit with Collie Rosen, and then he collided into Jordan Bennington after the game. Jordan Bennington threw a water bottle at Kadri. Kadri made a comment about that, just saying, I think someone just threw a water bottle at me. And then the comments started to build and build from there to the point that they had the, the police had to be called in because there were so many of them. The, the comments were exposed Sunday night uh, by Akeem Alou with the Hockey Diversity Alliance, and uh, it's it's just a, it's 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 a situation that Kadri says he has had to deal with many times in the past, and the best way for him to respond to it is to act as though it does not bother him, but it really does. Well, a good way to act like it doesn't bother you is to score three goals during a game. I, I guess he, you can use it as well, right? Use it as fuel and motivation to get out there and, and play the best you can. Well, of course, that and also Craig Berube, the coach of the St. Louis Blues, said after Game 3, look at Kadri's reputation. That's all I've got to say. Then before Game 4, he said he had no comment on the stuff when he was asked about the racist threats Kadri had received. So Kadri said after the game last night that uh, that was great bulletin board material, and it really did fuel him on the ice. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. Major hydro outages through the Taz and Jim listening area and beyond across Ontario because of that insane storm on Saturday. Here's a, a video. Look at this, Jim. This is from a buddy of mine, Andrew. He posted this on his Facebook account on the weekend. It's him recording outside his home the, the power lines. And what what are those things called? The boxes at the top of the power lines? Is that a transformer? Yeah, if that's what that is, yeah. Looks Look like at it. This. Wow. Look at that. Whoa. Power's not gonna be on for a while. Wow. Damn. It's like fireworks. It looks like fireworks. <laughs> the thing's just sparking yeah, and yeah. flashing. Obviously, a uh, lightning strike or a uh, tree branch hit that, and mm-hmm. that was it. Man, and it, it's weird because, like, occasionally you'll see, like, 
one area where a big gust of wind comes through or one small town gets hit really hard, but it was like everywhere all at once. Yeah. Ottawa, yeah. Toronto, London. It was uh, pretty wild. If you looked at the radar, <laughs> it was just one long stretch mm-hmm. of red across Ontario. And it, d- it didn't seem to last long, but there was so much damage. Like I was at my buddy's place helping him move in, and then we drove back into town and like half of the roads were closed down because a hydro pole had fallen and it was like a v- only 10 minutes of rain maybe it didn't last long for you but i have a feeling that the people who were stuck on the roller coaster at canada's wonderland would uh, beg to differ <laughs> felt like a lifetime <laughs> oh I'm sure. my god imagine this a, a video posted on tiktok on sunday shows guests at canada's wonderland starting to take shelter Um, And then the camera turns to a roller coaster that appears to have people stuck on the ride. And the rain is coming down sideways in this. So you got the wind blowing. There's tree branches just swaying back and forth next to this roller coaster. (laughs) Not a situation anyone would want to be in. Grace Peacock... No relation to Devin. (laughs) Director of Communications at Canada's Wonderland uh, says that uh, there was a sudden severe thunderstorm, a power outage occurred, and several rides, including the Behemoth Roller Coaster, halted with guests on board. Oh, boy. Ride operations and maintenance staff worked to evacuate guests as quickly and safely as possible. This is an article from Narcity. And she's quoted in here. Uh, Guests were evacuated from the behemoth around 30 minutes later. (laughs) I can't think of, uh, like, I can't think of a worse place. It's an entirely metal structure that's 100 feet in the sky. Yeah. (laughs) And and luckily, it could have been worse. Luckily, they were just at the start of the... The, the base of the first big hill that you go up, mm-hmm. they weren't at the top of the hill. Or, and we've seen this happen before, these roller coasters can fail mid-loop. Like, imagine they were stuck upside down for half an oh, hour in that man. storm. You'd pass out for sure. <laughs> I wonder what uh, kind of uh, compensation... The people who are stuck on that ride are getting, I'd assume, hmm. at least free passes to return to Wonderland at a later date. <laughs> With a free hot dog and large Coke. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, man. I'd be playing it up. <laughs> I want to see you peacock, It's time for sports with our sports guy, Devin Peacock, and much to the chagrin of Toronto Maple Leaf fans everywhere, including our own Jim Kelly and, yes, Devin Peacock. The Tampa Bay Lightning are moving on to round three of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Could the Florida Panthers have showed up at all? Like, what is going on here with the Panthers? I mean, they didn't seem like they cared or knew this was the playoffs at all. Yeah, and there's some stories swirling. Jim, you were telling me that they may have given up after game three by the looks of their their social calendar. Yeah, yeah. Reports are saying that uh, some of the guys on the team were caught uh, partying at a strip club till 3 a.m. after the loss on Sunday. The thing is, they had a game the next night, which was last night. Monday. So, yeah, yeah. So they were partying. After the loss. 
Sunday into Monday morning. Yes. They're out until 3 a.m. Monday morning, knowing they had a game later that day. Allegedly, representatives from the team said, no, this didn't happen, but a uh, local radio station down there has kind of busted this wide open. It's been doing some sleuthing, talking to some strippers, and apparently, I don't know 100%, but apparently the guys were there till 3 a.m. There was uh, another reporter who uh, cited his strip club sources who was uh, saying this was, in fact, true. I mean, they played like they were at the strip club. I hope they were at the strip club because that's the only thing that would be good to come from this series for the Florida Panthers because they got demolished by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Braden Point did not play a game for Tampa, and they still crushed them. I maintain what I said uh, last week that the hardest series the lightning will face was the toronto maple leafs in round one pretty dumb move though for these guys to be out until three in the morning whether it's a strip club or a regular bar anywhere then you you get into the public optics of it being a strip club like can they be reprimanded for that at all because it it seems like a terrible pr move and just a terrible team move you know how it is it's always the most fun to drink a day drink on a sunday when you're not supposed to you got to work the next day that's how it always is (laughs) sunday fun day yeah and then your friend's like come on one more all right yeah and then it's the nights where you don't expect to party yeah that the best parties always happen i bet you they had a great time those stories always look great or terrible depending on how you do, right? Like Michael Jordan plays, you know, a ton of golf, then goes out and kills the Phoenix Suns. Looks great. Had they lost, might have looked a little bit different. If the Florida Panthers had gone to the strip club and then won, no one would probably care or they wouldn't care as much. But they lost, they got swept, and it looks terrible. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.